message or however you want to put it, the speaking is lay aside. Say, tell your neighbor, say, it's time to lay it aside. Verse 1, if you're there, say amen. It may be on the overhead, who knows. But stand for the reading of God's Word. Two verses we're going to read. The writer of this is talking about the race of faith, how that uh, we have a race we're in. And uh, another writer in the New Testament says that we are soldiers of the Lord. And uh, so one thing that I noticed before I, I uh, read this is that when I was talking to our grandson, our oldest didn't really elude to what took place when he was in boot camp. But our grandson did when we went and he graduated. And he mentioned a few things that they go through because in the process, it's not just the physical attributes you have, but it's the mental that they are looking at. Are you going to be able to survive? Can you have the mental attributes to face the battle when it's there before you, when you get locked in in some certain things? And he said that there was one young man in there. He was there for just a few days, and he started breaking down and crying, and they got rid of him because he wasn't mentally able to do what needs to be done. Physically, yes, but mentally, no. How many knows that uh, we lean upon God? And when you lean upon God, he gives you the strength emotionally and physically and spiritually to carry on. But let's read the scripture that we have here to start us off here. So therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so such a great cloud of witnesses talking about the chapter before, how that the men of faith and, and those of leadership over the years have stood the test of time, have stood uh, the trials and things of that nature. Some even gave their lives uh, for the gospel's sake. And he said, we've been surrounded. Can I tell you, we have a cloud of witnesses in this building right now. Amen. They are before us. So we can name them over and over again. Abraham. Uh, I can name some others, Paul, the apostle. Uh, we can name some others that have gone before, but the one that we can look to more than ever is Jesus Christ. And more than ever, we need to look to him. But it goes on to say, it says, let us lay aside every weight and sin, which so easily besets you or ensnares you. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Verse two. Looking unto Jesus, say, look unto him. And it describes the things. It says, he's the author, which means he's the writer. He's the one that's writing our plan and our, our, our future and things like that. But he says, he's also the finisher. How many knows we have a finishing part that we must look to? Finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. How many knows he's still sitting on the right hand of the throne of God? Now, Scripture says in verse 1, lay aside. I put this backpack. When you carry this thing long enough, it is going to be a weight on you. And pretty soon you're going to lean towards one side. It's going to pull. Uh, my oldest, one time we was visiting with him around Thanksgiving, and he showed us some of the things that he had to put on. I think he put it on his mother. And all of a sudden, it was just a few things. But it ended up, eventually, he had to carry 120-some pounds on his back and what he has to carry to move it. That didn't even include his weapon. So there are sometimes you carry issues and things like that, but there's times when you get a relief that you need to lay it aside and let it go. Say, let it go. 
Because if you don't watch it, you'll lean towards some ways and the weight is there. And sometimes you need to let go. Tell your neighbors, it is time to let go. And you may be seated. I like the way the writer put this because it says that we need to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher, the one that's writing our life because he is making our history because it's his history, his history. And I thank God that he brings the story around about our lives, but he's writing it, but it's about our faith. He is finishing that. And sometimes when your faith is weak and you don't know which way to turn, you've been carrying a burden, carrying something that is beyond your emotional, beyond your physical, beyond your spirit. We need to look unto Jesus. And I thank God that we can look to Jesus. There's been many a times I thinking, God, how can I move another step? How can I take it? There was a time a few years back when I was hit. Martha and I were hit uh, simultaneously in one thing. And I went into the kitchen and I leaned on the counter and I just bawled like a baby. I says, God, I don't have it within me. Then all of a sudden, I felt the one that I was looking to. All of a sudden, I felt the strength that wasn't my own. All of a sudden, I felt the weight lifted off my shoulders. I felt like I could jump and leap and maybe even fly. I said, thank you, Lord, for taking what I could not take. Uh, there's some things that you're hit with at times, whether it's on a daily grind or you're getting up trying to do some things but how many knows that God wants to help you thank God he does thank God he does but sometimes uh, if we said well I can do it within myself there's things in yourself you cannot handle it comes to a point uh, my heart went out to that family that lost those three children my heart's going out how does a parent deal with losing a child how does a parent deal three of them All at once is gone from the family. All at once is no longer there. You wake up to where they used to sleep. They're not there. You go home and where they used to come in and greet you. They're no longer there. How can you do that? Without God, it's tough. It's hard. But thank God we have a wherewith we can do that. There's a reason why I'm so thankful for Denise giving on Psalms 91 because uh, there is a way that I can hide, a secret place I can go and release I found myself in that time when it felt like everything, my, all of my emotions, I didn't know if I could move forward. And all of a sudden, I felt God says, I'm with you, child. I'm with you. Yes. But it's time we lay aside the things that has been hindering us and stopping us, whether it's just the weights of the world or, or family or, or whatever it may be, and even to the sin, let it go. It's time we let things go. Too many people are carrying so much, and I see it in so many lives, and they're thinking, how? and there's some things that you can't change. There's some things that, just be honest, you try and try and try. I try to change my kids. It ain't going to work. Huh. Even with Esther coming along, I forgot about grandchildren <laughs> until we have, Esther's like raising my first again, and going around, and Martha says that she'll come in this daycare, and she'll reach into the cubbies and get something. And Martha said, that's not yours. Put it back. Let it go. And she takes off running. (laughs) There it goes. Get back here. Get back here. (laughs) She'll grin at her. Just keep running and keep running. I'm thinking, okay, she's stubborn. I don't know where she's getting that from. I don't know if that's on one side or both. (laughs) I think it's a combination. (laughs) 
But anyway, uh, we love her to death. I wouldn't change her for nothing. I looked at her and said, do you know how much I love you? And there's times I just want to reach out and just buy those little cheeks. <laughs> Here or there. <laughs> uh, she is so pretty and so cute. Go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Let's pull a little bit of a story about one of the disciples, apostles, as he entered into apostleship. The disciple called Peter. And there's four of them in business together, and, uh, or at least in the same type of business. They were fishermen. Their occupation was that, and they, uh, it was a good occupation for them. They made enough living to supply for the family. But something happened in the wilds. They were in the business. They had an encounter. How many knows that sometimes you have an encounter? And uh, let's see the encounter that took place. Verse 1, it says, So it was as the multitude pressed about him, talking about Jesus, to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. I can't pronounce that very good. But he said that it goes on in verse 2, And saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them, and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. An encounter with Jesus. An encounter, you might as well say, with God himself, because Jesus was a representative of God, and he was a son of God. And all of a sudden, in his vessel, uh, steps in Jesus. The introduction to, to Peter was, says, I'm not going to ask you for your boat. I'm already here. Launch out a little bit, a little ways. Get me just a little bit of room here to teach these people, to talk to these people, to minister to these people. And so Peter ob obliged and let the boat go out a little ways. And he taught the people an encounter. Sometimes when you have an encounter with Jesus, he steps on uh, your boat at a time when maybe you're wore out, at a time when things are just not quite where it needs to be. Because uh, as we're going to read, that Peter and his uh, group, they fished, fished all night long. They were fishermen. They were net fishermen. They weren't line fishermen. They were net fishermen. And the, the rest of them went in to take care of the nets, uh, clean them up and get them ready for the next time they go out. And all of a sudden, Peter says, okay, yeah, here, I'll, I'll just launch out here. And then Jesus ha has an encounter with him. And he listens to what Jesus is saying. He listens to what he was teaching the people and how he, had, he was observing what was going on. And he was taking it in because he recognized that there was something different about Jesus, something different about this person. Uh, an encounter that uh, changed Peter's life, changed the course of direction, changed the way Peter was going to do some things. And he says, now launch out. So see, when Jesus gets on your boat, when Jesus gets in your place and he comes alongside you and all of a sudden things change. 
Something happens because he starts talking in something different than you've ever heard before. All of a sudden, he starts uh, putting out there to, about what is going to take place and dealing with people. How many know sometimes dealing with people is not the easiest? So Jesus was talking to them, and Jesus was trying to, to give them and convey what God is like, because they've never heard a message like that. But at one point, when Jesus was uh, there, they looked at him and says, you don't talk like the scribes and the Pharisees. You talk different. You talk with one with authority. You talk with one that has some experience, that knows. So he gets in the boat, introduction. How many knows today Jesus is on your boat? Jesus is on your vessel. Jesus is right there where you're at. You can try to get away from him, but he's right there. I can sure that Peter probably thought, oh, why are you on my boat? <coughs> why are you sitting here? Why are you in the place that I, I'm tired? I'm wore out. I don't need to hear another message. I don't need to hear this. I just want to get done and go home and get a little bit of rest so I can get ready for the next day. That's why a lot of people, they, they, they try to get ready for the next day and they're wore out. But how many knows that Jesus came to give us life? came to give us something of, of substance, not what like the world gives, not like the government gives, not like uh, everybody else gives. He wants to give something that of substance and, and that will sustain you. So he's on the boat and all of a sudden uh, we see that he teaches the people. Then he transitions into something else in verse four. And he had stopped speaking. And then he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. The transition comes from the natural. He's getting ready to take him into the supernatural. He's getting ready to take him into some place that he's never been before, something that is not like he's used to, something that is not what he's uh, familiar with. It's unfamiliar territory. It's unfamiliar areas for himself. So, Peter responded like many of us probably would out of some what we think of natural. And he goes, but Simon answered and said to him, master, we have toiled all night long. Can you imagine a little bit of frustration in his voice? You're wanting me to do this? you wanting me to go where? you wanting me to do what? And sometimes when you come in and have an encounter with God, God is calling you. God is asking you. God is wanting you to do something that is unfamiliar for you. He says, we've toiled all night long. Don't you know we know our business? We know where we've been at. We know where we've come from. We've toiled all night long, uh, Master, and you're asking me to go uh, and do something that is unfamiliar with me because usually it's at nighttime when we catch all the fish. So he's kind of giving some analogy here. What it is. But notice what Peter kept saying after he did this. And he said, we caught nothing, but nevertheless... Let me stop there. And he goes on and he says, at your word. How many is thankful for the word of God? Yes. How many is thankful that God knows how to come and speak to you at the right moment, at the right time, at the time when you feel like I've done everything I know what to do. I've toiled and I, I've struggled with this. I want this to go this word is, and I'm not getting anywhere with what's going on. Doesn't that sound like life at times? 
You go to work, you come home, and you're trying to do everything, and it feels like everything else is collapsing on you, and it feels like I'm doing everything I know what to do, and I'm just wore out. I don't know what more to do. And all of a sudden, somebody comes along and says, I need you to go out. He had an encounter with him. He heard him, and then he said, but something must have struck and got into uh, the heart of Peter, into the mind of Peter, because he says, but at your word, nevertheless, I will listen to what you had to say. I will do what you want me to do. In other words, he says, uh, because what was happening, Peter was wrestling with himself. And somebody in here, somebody outside of here had been wrestling within your mind and your heart with some issues and areas in your life. Peter was wrestling with whatever it may be. And some of you are wrestling right now and you're just wore out from wrestling. You're wore out with your emotions and what you see and what's going on and what's happening. You've been this and you just have, you're tuckered out. What more do I do? I've already fished. We've already been out there. But you're asking us now to do it in a time that just doesn't seem natural, doesn't seem like it's going to work for us. Uh, we know our business. So, But Jesus was switching from the natural. He says, I want to show you something of God. I want to show you what God will do if you will listen to him, if you will turn your life to him, if you will just say, I'm tired of wrestling. I'm tired of trying to do it myself. I'm going to lay upon the master and do what he says. And notice what happens here. Because Peter laid some things aside. He laid his own wrestling. He's laid his own uh, tiredness aside. He says, I will do what you say. But at your word, at your word, say at his word. There was a military man uh, called a centurion in the Roman uh, legion, and he was in charge of many, many people. And he was in charge of these men. And he says, uh, he come to Jesus because one of his servants, he loved his one servant. And when he come to his servant and his servant came to him and he was deathly ill. As a matter of fact, he was on deathbed and he laid there and all of a sudden the military man heard of Jesus. And maybe he was in the background and he heard Jesus talking to the multitudes, but he comes, uh, comes up to Jesus and he says, I have a servant that's in my house and he's uh, nigh on death and I need you to, to pray for him. I need you to come, uh, not come. I need you to, to do some things for me. And Jesus said, well, I'll come to you. And he goes, no, I don't want you to come. He says, and notice the analogy he put in there. He says, uh, I have men that's under my authority. He says, I'm under authority. He says, you speak the word. In other words, saying to Jesus, you have the authority to bring life. I don't. I can take lives. I know how to battle, but in one sense, I can't give life. And Jesus was standing there and he goes, not such a great a faith I've seen in Israel. And he wasn't even a Jew. And all of a sudden the same James, just speak the word. At your word, my servant will be all right. Jesus says, by your faith that you believe right now, go home. Your servant is well. And when he entered in the room, guess who greeted him? The servant. See, went from natural, I don't have it. I know how to take life, but I don't know how to give it. See, Jesus wants to take what you have and say, wait a minute, you're operating out of the natural. You're operating out of what you've been educated with or what you understand. But I'm going to take you to a place you don't quite understand. And when he said launch out to the deep, Peter's looking naturally. He says, we don't fish during the day because the, the fish go away. But 
at your word, master, at your word, we'll launch out a little bit deeper. We'll go a little bit into the realms. And how many knows God wants you to let go and go? The word really is to go. Not just let go, but to go. But before you go, you got to let go. I hope you catch that. You've been carrying some things. You need to lay it aside. You need to say, I can't handle it no more. The Bible says in, in the New Testament, it teaches us, casting our care upon the Lord, for he cares for us. He not only took the cross and carried it, but he wants to take your burden. He wants to take your concerns. He wants to take what you have. But you must lay it aside. Release, in other words. Let go. <laughs> Let go of control. But, Pastor, you don't understand. It, it's not going to work out the way I want. No, it may not. It'll work out God's way. And something that's hard to fathom. But how many knows God knows best? above us. We, even with your family, you see them seem like they're going worse and worse and worse and seem like you're going deeper and deeper and deeper. There was one uh, pastor that I knew, a good friend of mine. Uh, he stood up one time and his boys were getting involved in some sinful things and his heart was breaking. And all of a sudden the boys entered in because they weren't even really attending church faithfully. And he was up preaching one time and, and he says, my boys are going deeper and deeper into sin. And it was a weight on him. And he bowed his head and he says, all I can do is turn him over to the Lord. In other words, he had to let go and release. Sometimes it's hard with children. Sometimes it's hard with friends. Sometimes it's hard with circumstances. It's hard to let go because if I have control, then it's going to turn out the way I want it to. But God says, I've got a better way. How many knows God's got a better way? Uh, Peter was uh, there and he says, uh, I'm going to lay aside, I'm going to let go of my wrestling and my thought pattern and what I've done. I'm wore out. I don't have it within me. But at your word, in other words, what he was saying, I have faith in what you do, you're doing. This word faith, if you really look at the Greek, it means being fully persuaded. What he says he will do, he's able to perform what he will do. Aren't you glad that faith can rise up within you? Even though the world may be falling apart, even though that things are kind of coming down and crumbling around you, and we have a world around us that seems like you never know when you wake up what's going to take place from day to day, and it could be overwhelming what's going to happen. But when you trust in Jesus, when you've fully been trusting in him, because faith brings up the word trust, when you really release and you let go, and you say, I don't want it more. I'm going to lay it aside because it's been a weight on me. I can't run this race. I can't move. I don't have it within me. But he says, that's your word. Second point he did, he obeyed. He went out. He rode out. I'm not sure how many was on his boat with him at that time. Maybe some servants he had. Maybe some people that was employed by him. But he launched out. Sometimes some of you need to get out from certain areas in your life. You've been so close to the shore, so close to some security, so close to some areas. And God says, I need you to move beyond your uh, thinking and move beyond your understanding and, and, and trust in me. Look to me. 
because I've got a better way. And when he fully obeyed and he started going to that realm, he was fully persuaded what the master was asking for him to do. He didn't quite put two and two together. In other words, he wasn't figuring it out in the common sense realm, but God goes beyond the common sense because that then steps into the faith realm. He says, but I'm fully persuaded what you're wanting. I don't know what's going to take place, but we'll do it. So he launched out and he obeyed. And notice something happened because a transformation took place because the master said, Jesus said, the Lord says, cast your net out on the side. Okay, at your word. I cast it out. And all of a sudden, can you imagine, in my mind, and my mind sometimes runs a little bit weird at times, but I can imagine all of a sudden the fish that was deep down inside the waters, and it's daylight, and they just want to stay where it's cool. They're cold-blooded things. And so they started coming up because they said, oh, there's the master, there's the creator, there's the one that's there. And they started racing to get up to the net. They said, we want to get close to Jesus. And they started racing, and all of a sudden, they were jumping in the nets. That's my mind thinking. Huh. See, when you need a supply. When you need what God has, you need to allow him to do what he needs to do. But just be obedient. It doesn't make sense sometimes. Faith doesn't make sense by doing what he wants you to do. But once you step into it, then all of a sudden, the light clicks on. All of a sudden, things start taking place. And as you release, because he said, let your net down. Let what you have that you've been using for quite some time. Now I'm going to take what you've been doing and I'm going to use it for the glory of God. And all of a sudden, when he let that down, the fish started jumping in and all of a sudden the boat tipped just a little bit. Peter's going, there's so much fish. He calls for the ones on the shore. Hey, you need to come and bring your boats. Bring your nets. I don't have enough room to hold all what God has brought my way. Thank you. Thank God he brought the supply for Peter. But it was a miracle for Peter. It was going from the natural to the supernatural. You say, Pastor, you don't know what I've got to go through. You don't know what I need of. I know, no, but I know when it does. That ain't good English, but that's all right. I know that my God understands you. He understands your household. He understands everything about you. He knows how to supply your need. But you've got to learn to lay aside some things. Lay aside some wrestling in your mind, in your heart. Let it go, church. Let God do what he wants to do. And as you lay it aside, you're going to see the miracles start taking place. You're going to see God do some things that only he can do. Amen. Again, going back to the fish. They were swimming, says, oh, there's Jesus jumping in the net. Let's get as close as we can to him. Not realizing they're going to be dinner. <laughs> sometimes when, <laughs> when you sacrifice and you give over, sometimes you become dinner at times. But we see this because huh, all of a sudden Peter recognizes and starts realizing that light is turned on in his mind, in his heart, and he kneels down. And when he kneels down, because kneeling is a sign of surrender. Kneeling is a sign of surrender. The one thing in World War II when the emperor and all his generals and all the ones as a military, after we seen the bombs dropped on two areas of Japan, 
The one thing that they did, they come to this point, says, if we don't stop attacking and going after America, we won't exist. We won't be able to have anything left over. Our people will be gone, annihilated. After they've seen that, the emperor handed over. He surrendered everything he had. Because see, when you totally, totally, totally surrender, you give over everything that belongs to you. I'm thinking the Jap Japan people now are appreciating and thanking that we didn't take advantage of the situation. Jesus does not want to take advantage of you. When you give over everything you've got, Jesus will not take advantage of you. He wants to help you. He was showing Peter, says, wait a minute, if you'll surrender to me. And Peter says, he knelt down before the Savior. He says, I'm a sinful man. I'm a man that is out. See, we have a world that don't know God, that don't have a relationship with God. They've been involved with sin, and sin is just chasing after your own desires and wanting your own thing. But all of a sudden now he, he's challenged with this. He, wait a minute, this man comes on my boat, and I have an encounter with him, and he tells me this, and, and all of a sudden miracles start taking place. And all of a sudden, this, and he says, he recognizes, he identifies who he really is. Until you identify the issue, then you can't move beyond it. But he says, I'm a sinful man. Now leave me, don't have it. But notice what Jesus said. I didn't ask you to change, but transformation came. I didn't ask you to give up this, but it says, just follow me. Don't follow man, follow me. A change of plans. Thank God for the change of plans. Verse 8. He said this, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Recognizing who he was. He was the master. He was the Lord. Lord means master and controller. He says, you hold all the key for everything. I'm seeing this. It's right before me. I've cast out and obeyed, and, and now you've owned my boat, and, and I can't get beyond this because now you've done something. I remember as a young man sitting in the back of the Church, I didn't really want to come to the Lord. I was had plans of my own. I was going to do my own thing. I was going to chase after my own pleasures and do what I wanted to. I liked being around my buddies, and I liked doing the simple things. It was enjoyable. But how many knows that sin has a pleasure for only a season? And then it comes that it's going to take some, uh, hey, his payday's coming. Say, there's wages with sin. And Jesus understands that. He says, I come to seek and save that which is lost. I want you to come out of the areas you're at, but just follow me. Change will come. But you don't know what's happening to me. You don't understand, Jesus, where, where I'm coming from. Jesus knows. He knows. He understands. But until Peter recognized that, until Peter understood that, but notice this as we read further. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken in. I'm telling you, when you get in the tomb with God, when you allow God to take control and you release control, people are going to notice that something's happened. People are going to see what's going to take place in your life. People are going to see that something took place. There's a change. There's a change in this person. He's talking different. He's acting different. There was a minister years ago that was ministering in England. 
And he had a, a, a revival meeting, I guess you could say, as a, during the week, and he was ministering. And this one gentleman come there, and he, his job was to execute those that had done horrible crimes. He was an executioner. And he said, this man came to the service. And he sat back, he said, he felt like every time these evil people had done something, the demons were coming out of them and coming in him. He was not a nice man. He was a miserable man. He tried to drink his way out of that misery. It didn't work. He was mean to his family, mean to his wife. And all of a sudden, he heard a message of what God wants to do. Sitting in that service, he come forward and knelt down, accepted Jesus. And all of a sudden, he said that weight lifted off of him. All of a sudden, he had never felt so free. He looked at this ministry. He says, I want you to come home with me. He goes, my wife's not going to believe what's taking place in my life. He says, transformation took automatic. It was automatic. A light clicked on. His face even changed. It was a glow about him. I'll never forget when I was in the, the prison ministry, and I would go, and I was a chaplain at Westfield Correctional Center, and this man come in there, and I was told the story about uh, how that, he said that he, I don't know if some of you heard this or not, but he come in there, and he had a sharp knife cupped under his thing, and he was going to kill me. He didn't like me. He hated me. I had never done nothing to him. And he just says, I want to take him out right now. And all of a sudden, I walked in, and the Spirit of God moved, and I was just shaking hands. And he says, I don't want to shake your hand, but I need to give you something. He reached down from his hand and opened it up, and he says, I had this for you. I wanted to take you out. He says, I didn't like what you had, but he says, there's something about you. There's something that is around you that I need to have take place. He handed me that knife. I put it in my pocket. I hugged him. We're not supposed to hug in the prison like that. I hugged him. He knelt down. He started weeping. Change happened. All of a sudden, those that was around him recognized that. And they says, what happened to you? He says, I just found life. And he was in for life. He says, but I found life. Jesus comes to give us life and give it to him more abundantly. Jesus didn't tell Peter. He says, he says, if you just do this, that's it. But he says, I want to reward you. I want to give you something that you can sustain yourself and your business. As he obeyed and he becomes surrendering to Jesus, things started happening. A transformation took place. And one of the things that happened, a change of plans. Peter was just going to go and do what he wanted to. But Jesus said this, if you'll follow me, if you come at this as a change occupation, you used to be a fisher of a fisherman of fish, but I'm going to change your occupation to be a fisherman of men because I want to catch those men to bring them to heaven with me. I want them to have a hope that they never had before. All of a sudden, we see a change that happened. It says, Jesus said this though, follow me. He said this, do not be afraid in verse 10. From now on, you will catch men. There's so many times people says, if I give my life to Jesus, what will happen? They're afraid that they're going to lose out. But I'm going to tell you, you won't lose out. You'll gain. The fisherman that he knew, he understood that. That was a miracle to catch that many fish. That was a miracle that took place. He says, wait a minute. He said, that's just one thing that's going to take place. But if you'll follow me, I'll give you more than you would even imagine. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to follow me. Don't be afraid what others will say. But just let me give you what I have. The Bible says that 
in verse 11, so when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. When you lay aside your release, you let go. Some of you have been wrestling like Peter had been. Some of you have been going through the motions like Peter was. I'm tired. I'm just tired of what this, I don't want to do this anymore. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes at the time when you feel like you're the weakest, when you don't have within you. You don't know which way to turn, which way to go. And maybe you don't even have a supply. How am I going to pay my bills? Because that's probably a weight on them because they lived in times when it's not like going to get a loan from the bank or not like you can go to somebody else to the government and they'll give it to you. So I got to work and keep working. And Jesus said, if you follow me, I'll take care of you. If you follow me, and this is, says, you let me use the boat. You let me sit on the boat. Here's a reward. Fish was like cash. I put it in your palm right there. Now, I don't serve God for what I can get. I never have, never will. It's my work. God called me here, and I will work, and I will keep working until God says enough at work. And I did one time. I left work and went full-time in the ministry. And trust me, change of uh, finances was there. I made a third what I was making at where I was at. But can I tell you, God took care of us. And God allowed me to get back into work for a season. And one day I may be leaving that place to continue doing what he's called me to do. But until that time, I'm going to follow Jesus. Until whatever takes place, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to stay on my heels. I'm going to stay on his heels. Everywhere he walks, I'm going to follow. Where he leads, I will follow. There's an old song that we used to sing in hymnal, I Surrender All. All to Jesus. Not just a little bit, but everything. I laid at his feet. But you can choose to carry on the things that you've been carrying. And pretty soon, you may add another baggage to you. You may add another thing to you. You may just keep this. But Jesus is saying, laying aside those weights and sins that so easily beset you, that so easily ensnares you. It so easily takes you by surprise in some ways, but it's not really a surprise. You've been adding to your weight. And you can't run like you used to. You don't have the energy like you used to. How am I going to make it, Pastor? How am I going to get beyond you? And some of you have gone into areas uh, as far as depression, some of you. Some of you have listened to the other areas in your life. I don't know if we're going to make it, but if you keep following Jesus, and pretty soon the weights will come off. Pretty soon you'll find yourself laying aside those things that keeps you from moving forward. Keep following Jesus. Keep going after him. See, following means I'm surrendering my will. I'm surrendering my direction, my plans to follow after somebody else. To be honest, many of you are following no matter what. You're following something. What is your own? Paying the bills? You're following something. Maybe trying to get a career. Maybe trying to get more education. Everybody's following something. Why not follow the one that gives life? Why not follow one that will take the load off of you and let your uh, travels in this journey we called the earth and this life be much better than what it was before. But you must learn to surrender. You must learn to give over. You must learn to let go. As Hebrews says, lay aside and let the author, the one that writes 
everything. The one that knows can bring you to a place of finishing. The question is, are you willing to lay aside? Pastor, I've got a lot of things going on. You know, here in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be 60. How much longer I got, I have no idea. But while I'm here, I'm following Jesus. Can I hear an amen? Amen. I'm, means so be it. You can't follow your own way when you're following Jesus. You got to go where he wants, goes. And he may take you places you never thought you'd ever go. He may put you in a path that you never thought you'd be. I never thought the time I went to the Ukraine and I ministered, then we ended up in up by Moscow in Russia, that God was going to use me like I did. But, but there was an old lady, a mother of the church that we was pastoring. I was just a associate pastor with them. Said that God's getting ready to use you in an unusual way. At the time, I didn't understand. It was three months before I went. And all of a sudden, after that week, I got a phone call and said, hey, we need you to go to the Ukraine. And all of a sudden, something sparked in me. I says, okay. And then all of a sudden, another prophecy came over. She looked at me and she goes, I've been praying. And God says, many are going to be one to the Lord because you obey. At the time, I didn't have money. How am I going to pay for tickets? How am I going to get this? And we're struggling as it is, and we don't have a lot of money coming in. That time, Martha wasn't really working like, like she is now, and, and the money's just tight. I said, I don't know. All of a sudden, money started coming in. Because I said, okay. Say okay. okay. That's all you need to do, say okay. And so as I did it, the money started coming in. And all of a sudden, as we're heading on, I said, I need this so much. So I said, Mount, this is what I need. All of a sudden, I got $100 more than what I should have. And I said, what am I going to do with this? So am I going to have to give it back? And the Lord says, no, I've got a need for it. So as we went over to the Ukraine, one of the first things we did, we got to our hotel, and we're in Kiev in the big city. That's the capital of Ukraine. And all of a sudden, they assigned me to this band, a worship band. The one guy, I'm looking at him and says, okay, what can they do? I come from America, and it is. And they started playing. And this guy that played the piano had real long hair. Boy, he could pick that piano. And all of a sudden, they started getting up there, and they started singing in that Russian language. And all of a sudden, the people started gathering around. And I looked over and says, how many people can fit in this place? He says, over 10,000. I go, it's packed. <laughs> I'm looking around. What do we do? And the, the guy looked at me. We got, he got to the one point. He come and spoke to English. He says, it's your turn. Hand me the mic. And I'm going, what? What am I supposed to do? Preach. That first time we was there, every single one that was under the sound of my voice knelt down and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. I started remembering what that old mother said of the church, said God's going to use you to bring many. That was only the beginning what that trip was about. I can tell you time and time again, if you follow God, God will show you things that is beyond your natural thinking. It's supernatural. It moves in from the natural to the supernatural. He'll take you places you never thought you'd be. He wants to use you, but you got to release. You got to let go. You got to lay aside and you can say, okay. And it's okay. Stand your feet. If you would, please all of the building. I don't want to belabor the, the moment we're having, but I want to give us a time.